Welcome to the Work, Wealth, and Travel podcast. I'm your host, Nicole, and this podcast is your guide to start creating a lifestyle by design. From entrepreneurship, money and finance, taxes and residencies, and everything in between, this show highlights the nuances of a true global citizen lifestyle. Let's dive in. Welcome back to the Work Wealth and Travel Podcast. So in today's episode, I wanted to do a Latin America report. And I have been living in Latin America for over a year now, probably coming up on almost a year and a half in various different countries. I have by no means been to every single country in South America or in Latin America because we weren't hopping around all the time per se, but we did spend probably about two two to three months on average in all of the countries that I'm going to list in one second. It was a good amount of time. While it wasn't an entire year, it also wasn't a few weeks or a month just for a quick holiday. So today I wanted to do a really quick report on Latin America, my time here, my personal opinions and what that has looked like. I did an episode previously, which I'll be mentioning soon, about one of the underrated countries and cities that I was very shocked by, quite honestly, in Latin America, and I'll dive into that a little bit later in the episode. But I want to just start by talking about a tweet. So I very recently posted a tweet which went somewhat viral. So be sure to follow me on Twitter, X, whatever we're calling it these days, work wealth and travel. So I posted on there the average monthly cost of living as an expat in the countries that I have lived in South America. So this is not, and I did get this question on the tweet itself, and that's why I clarified on it saying as an expat. So you can live easily for, I would say, a third or less as a local than the prices that I have listed. So the local living is much different, of course, than the foreigner living. You're not living in the best areas your dwelling is not going to be the most beautiful ever. And if you're doing an Airbnb or a rental by the beach or in the city center, it's going to look really different. So this is for expats. I tried to make it, like I said, just a very general expat price, nothing too low end, nothing too high end, just as a good base price point. So here's what I listed. Chile, about 2000 US dollars per month. If you're going to live in the capital, so Santiago, It's also good to note here that these are for expat pricing. So this is for if you are renting a place long term. If you're getting an Airbnb, the Airbnb is likely at least going to be, depending on the area, I would say 700 to 2000 or 1500 USD per month. So Airbnb is a lot more. And if you are going to be staying somewhere for, it's usually a minimum of six months, then you will want to If you can, actually in Chile, you cannot. You have to be a resident to actually get a lease. But if you can get a lease, then you can get it so much cheaper, especially if you speak Spanish or the local language. You will just get it's it's wild. So these are for expat livings. These are not in Airbnbs. These are if you have an accommodation for six months, 12 months, you have a lease and it is closer to the local price than to the Airbnb price. So We have Chile for 2,000 USD, Mexico, and this depends very much so on where you are in Mexico, 1,000 USD to 3,000 USD, 
if you are in Cancun or Tulum, it's going to look a lot different than if you are just in some of the cities, especially not Mexico City, some of the not so famous smaller cities. It can be really affordable. Next, we have Argentina at 1700 USD. And this is a big caveat. And a lot of people asked me about this one in the tweet because they were very shocked that Argentina was so high. And Argentina is not cheap if you are using the local currency, the Argentine peso. It's not extremely expensive, but it's not cheap. However, if you are using the blue dollar, which I have done a previous podcast episode on when I was in Argentina, it can be, you can half that. That 1700, you can easily half that. So a very quick recap on what is the blue dollar. I also had some people asking me this too. And I didn't know what the blue dollar was before we landed on the ground in Argentina. But the blue dollar, it's not, you know, special money or anything like that. It is literally just the exchange rate. So there are, I believe it's over 100 different exchange rates because of their inflation and their economy and just how out of control everything has gotten in the last many, many years, just increasingly. So the blue dollar is if you bring US dollars on the ground in Argentina, you bring it through the border, and then you go to one of the unofficial exchange houses. The official exchange houses will not give you this rate. It has to be an unofficial kind of like sketchy, find someone on the street type deal. They will give you the blue dollar rate and it's changing almost every single day in favor of those who bring the USD, you get more, but then the locals, of course, their currency is being deflated every single day. Prices are going up, but you will get, I'm sure now it's probably you double your money, if not more. So let's say you bring a thousand USD and you change that at an unofficial exchange house in Argentina, you're going to get, I don't know the official rate, what it is today, but probably you're going to get over 2000 US dollars back in the local currency. So kind of cool, kind of nice. You can double your money. It is important to note though, that you, it's very difficult to change your money the other way. In Argentina, if you have Argentine pesos back to USD, you, we tried to do that once, and I believe you need a resident card in order to do that. So once it's in pesos, it's in pesos until you at least leave the country. But nobody really wants the Argentine pesos. So try to spend it in the country and just convert what you need. Next, we have Colombia. Colombia is, again, a very subjective one. I have it at a thousand US dollars, but it very much so depends on the area. And I had some people shocked by that, saying that they spend easily double that, which I can absolutely see, especially if you're in Medellin, in Poblado, Laurels. There's some areas that are beautiful. If you're a foreigner, I would recommend probably staying in those areas because that's where everything's happening. That's where the bars are. It's really cute. It's safe at night or safer at night, but it is a little bit pricier in the most lavish building and apartment but it is enough to live a good life in Medellin as an expat. So Paraguay, I put at 1,300 USD and Paraguay was not the cheapest for just general living, I would say, but it was definitely not the most expensive either. Paraguay, I found difficult because there's not a lot of fish. I don't eat meat. I do eat fish and there's no fresh fish because it is completely landlocked. And there is the fish that you buy in the supermarket. I never bought it. It's so overpriced. 
It is freezer burnt. It doesn't look good. So I would just rather go without than waste my money on that. Food I did find difficult in Paraguay. So I spent some more money on good food in Paraguay. Overall, from that list, I would say Chile is likely the most expensive, although it's not as expensive as I expected before we arrived in Chile, which is where I am now. Everyone, especially everyone in Argentina, but you also have to keep in mind the economy and what's happening there. Everyone was saying Chile is so expensive. So we stocked up on shampoo and toothpaste and like everything from Argentina before crossing the border. And it's not that expensive in Chile. I mean, I was pretty shocked. I would say probably the most expensive is groceries, but still, if you're used to Western prices, it is not going to be much money. I was thinking it was going to be a lot more than what it really is. So let's hop into my personal favorite. And I'm just going to touch on this because this is obviously very, very subjective. But my personal favorite, I have so far liked Santiago in Chile. And the reason for this is because I have never seen such beautiful scenery. If you are from or are used to a scenery that I would imagine, I've never been here, but that I would imagine is something similar to Colorado with mountains and the city and it's stunning or the photos that I've seen of Switzerland. It is of course it's different scenery, but Santiago is beautiful and it is stunning with the mountains. The Andes mountain range goes essentially throughout the entire city. We were there in October and the mountains were still snow-capped. The snow was melting a little bit. You can take an hour to tour outside of Santiago and they'll take you into the mountains where there's snow year round, beautiful lakes, and it was just a really pretty city. And again, it was pretty affordable. If you're comparing it to the rest of Latin America, it's a little bit more expensive, but compared to any Western country, it's going to be much more affordable. I just thought the scenery was really pretty. It's a really big city, which I like, but there's not too many people. I felt like we were pretty central where our location was. And of course, you do have to still be careful of safety. But compared to some of the other places like Colombia, it was so, so much safer. I'm going to really quickly just touch on my least favorite because if you want to dive into my least favorite and the most underwhelming for me, episode 133, we dove into this on the Digital Nomad Digest segment with myself and with Cami just a few weeks ago. I dive much more into that, but my least favorite was Colombia, which I was actually expecting. And I think probably many other travelers as well expect for it to be your favorite because I had heard so many great things about Colombia, Medellin specifically. I did like Medellin much more than Bogota. Bogota was my least favorite place, probably one of my least favorite places ever. So many homeless. I dive into it more in episode 133, but I was very shocked that Colombia was not a place that I really will ever have a desire in the near future to go back to. So, you know, never say never. I never know what's going to happen. But Colombia was just not it for me. Now, in terms of lifestyle, there are a few. And again, it is subjective as to what you are looking for. But if you're just looking for a generally relaxed pace of life, chill people, good food, I would probably have to say Mexico. Mexico was just very chill. It's a very diverse country in terms of the landscape where 
You can have mountains, you can have beaches, you can have parties on the beaches, of course, in places like Playa del Carmen, or you can have, I personally loved CDMX Mexico City. It was so much fun. I love big cities, so I know that not everyone likes big cities, but there's so much to do in Mexico City. And there's a lot of greenery as well. It actually reminded me of similar to a lot of the spaces when I lived in Shenzhen or in uh, Bucharest in Romania as well. Very green city, Bucharest. Mexico City kind of reminded me of that where there's a lot of greenery and parks and things going on even right in the center of Mexico City. So I personally really liked Mexico City, but I also like big cities. So for lifestyle, I would say Mexico. So I have two more categories. I know there's a lot more categories, but this isn't going to be an ongoing forever episode. (laughs) Food. Food, I think for this one, I'm going to have to say TBD because the next destination is Peru. And the actual only reason that we're going to Peru is for the food. I had some Peruvian food in Argentina, I believe. Yes, in Mendoza. And I had never, I guess, really had Peruvian food. And it was so good. And of course, I love eating fish. I love seafood. And of course, Peru, Lima is right on the water. It was the best food I've ever had. So actually, that was a place in Buenos Aires when we were in Argentina. And then after that, I went back like every day for three days. And it was huge portions. And I was just like, okay, we need to go to Peru. So we'll be in Peru in a few weeks time. And I'm very excited for that, for the food specifically. And I am not I'll be totally honest. I'm not a good judge of food because I don't eat meat. So if I did eat meat, maybe I would say Argentina for their steaks. But I can't judge food that well. But if you are a vegetarian, then I can tell you that it is somewhat difficult to find good food options, especially if you're on the street, if you don't eat meat. I think I'm pretty used to this after traveling for the last six years. So for me, it's not a huge issue. I can just get, you know, a small snack or eat at home. It's not a big deal. I would say probably Colombia, honestly. They had a lot of fish that I could eat. It's usually fried fish, but it's really affordable for an entire fish. And then they have the big sides, like the potatoes and the rice and the beans and the salad and the bread. It's it's a meal. It's definitely a meal. And I think the fish is usually, I think it's either trout. I think it's typically trout is the fish that they use, which is a really good fish. So Food, I guess we'll say Colombia for if you are a pescatarian and then Peru will be determined in the near future. But I'm very excited for the food. Okay. The last category I have is party. So party, this is sounding so contradictory. I just said the food was great in Colombia, but I didn't like Colombia. And party, I would probably say Colombia, quite honestly. While there are good parties everywhere, Colombia... In Cartagena, there's, I don't know the name of the street. If you Google it, you will find the street. It was a really fun, just like back alley street, but super busy. A bunch of bars, people drinking and dancing on the street. It kind of like the back alley, really cool area in Cartagena. And then Medellin, of course, there is Poblado, Provenza, that whole area where there is a lot of party, a lot of things happening. So yeah, I would say Colombia was great for party. However, the reason that I didn't like it, and I think if I was going out partying all the time, then I probably would have loved Colombia. 
but I never felt safe walking outside. A lot of the times just didn't, I've never really been in a country here where I just didn't want to bring my phone. And in the, this was in Bogota specifically, so not Medellin, but in the almost center, we were basically in the center of Bogota. I did not want to walk around and have my phone in my purse. I didn't feel safe with it zipped up in my purse and my purse is on my chest in front of me because it's a crossbody. So like, did not feel safe with that, like carrying an iPhone around and so much homeless, so many drugs on the street. Saw that in Medellin too, but that was kind of in the downtown of Medellin. Don't recommend staying there. Stay in like Provenza area or uh, Laurel's, I think is how you say it. I'm not too positive how to say it, but stay in a foreigner area if you are going to be in Medellin or just anywhere in Colombia. Don't stay where the locals are. It will be not safe, especially if you don't speak the language. So party will be Colombia, but also safety. Colombia is just the least safe I've felt in honestly in any country in the world. And I've been to around 40 countries. So I think that says a lot. But again, it has a lot going for it depending on what you are looking for. So that is my general Latin America report wrap up. So far, I will be in Peru as the last new country and then Paraguay and Mexico, which I have already been to before. Who knows what else? I don't have plans yet. And that is a few months into the future. That's until February. So about three months time, three, yeah, three months time. I have plans. And then after that, who knows what will happen? So that is the beauty of this global citizen life, living a lifestyle that I have designed that I am so excited to wake up to every day. If you like this podcast, please hit follow. We have three episodes that come out every single week. And if you want more content about Latin America, living a global citizen lifestyle, diversification, optimization, whether it be your taxes, your residencies, your citizenships, these are all things that I talk about. Hit follow on the podcast. Check out my YouTube channel if you're interested in learning more about these topics. I have educational content coming out literally all the time about these exact topics. And if you want some short form content, follow me on Instagram and Twitter because now I'm posting pretty recently, actually, but I'm posting a lot more on Twitter because people are really interested in what it has been like living in Latin America full time on Twitter or X, should I say? I don't I don't know what we're saying these days, but People are very interested in everything about living in Latin America. So many people want to live here, explore all of these countries. And so that's what I'm posting a lot about over there, as well as global citizen diversification and optimization. So all the links are below. Feel free to check me out on all of the platforms and I will see you in Wednesday's guest episode. Thank you for joining me here. You've just listened to the Work, Wealth and Travel podcast. If anything from this episode resonated with you, I would appreciate if you share this podcast on your socials. And of course, be sure to tag me. And don't forget to leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Thank you for joining me on this global citizen journey, and I'll see you in the next episode.